What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's any particular guest or topic that you want covered, we're always checking your comments on YouTube. Love to be able to hear from you guys and then get those comments on to future episodes. Today, I'm going to be joined by Tom from Royal Off-Road and Diesel. He was on earlier this year. We had chatted with him um, about EV trucks and emissions. He's a, a diesel shop owner, and he had a really interesting video recently that was talking Talking about a customer that had to return their truck to stock and I wanted to chat with him more about that how common it is reasons that people do it and if he's ever seen um, an individual truck owner that's had any issues um, with the EPA or with any sort of agency in their state with being forced to return it to stock so I'm definitely looking forward to chatting with him today I, before we get to it though I want to remind you our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site wide coat for you so if you're in the market for a knife for hunting, fishing, EDC, something around the house or job site or it's holiday season um, to give as a gift. They've got a ton of choices, a bunch of different knives to choose from, a uh, bunch of different opening mechanisms, blade steel handle designs. Um, if you use code diesel2023 at kershaw.kaiusa.com, you get 20% off site-wide. So it's a great way to save some money and get some really cool gear. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Tom asking him about why customers are returning to stock and if he's ever seen any issues or any people who are forced to return their truck to stock configuration. Tom, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. I really enjoyed our chat, uh, I want to say it was a few months ago, but time seems to be going by really quick, so <laughs> it was a little bit ago, but uh, it, it was a great uh, way to get introduced to your, your company, um, some things that are going oh, yeah. on in the industry. It was really cool, so I was on your Instagram recently. You guys had a really funny kind of parody video, but it, it really highlights something that's going on in, in Diesel, which are people that either have a truck they bought that they need to return to stock or for whatever reason they're doing it. So look forward to chatting with you about that today. Oh yeah, definitely. For those who didn't catch that episode or last one, um, tell us a bit about yourself, your company, what you do, where you're located and uh, what you guys specialize in. Okay. So, um, before, uh, on the first episode, we were actually located, um, just about an hour North of Las Cruces, New Mexico. Uh, we've actually since then relocated down to El Paso, Texas, um, and like I said in my last video, uh, we, you know, we're trying to get away from like doing, you know, your basic, you know, mom and pop type stuff and like your four bangers and stuff like that. So now, now that we're down here in El Paso, you know, we're able to specialize more into, you know, your light duty diesels, your off-road stuff, like what I got here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, but yeah and to be honest man it's it's been awesome since we moved down here um especially you know being close to the military base and everything and with all the law enforcement that are down here and everything so and you know being former military myself and everything so it's you know it's a really great way for us to you know kind of connect with our customers and whatnot so uh but yeah basically we just specialize in you know your off-road toys your jeeps your forerunners stuff like that also you know your Power Strokes, your Cummins, your Duramax, stuff like that. Also, been kind of messing with the the Nissan Cummins here and there, which I actually got one on the other side of this thing. Which don't Those, do it. <laughs> don't do it. We get lots of questions. I think I made. We get lots of questions about those, like just to do an episode about what parts are available and things yeah. that are out there. But it's really tough. It seems like the aftermarket just slowed way down on development yeah. r&d and stuff with them yeah so but yeah it was uh yeah just trying to find you know parts through the dealership is 
pulling tooth and nail. Oh yeah. So I think I mean, hell, I'm able to find parts for this thing and we're in the middle of a strike right now with these guys. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come on, man. I think that's, that's going to converge on our, on our topic today. So there's a video I saw that uh, you did with a guy in the shop and you were, um, you know, talking about, a customer who brought you a, tr- a truck and said, I want to return a stock, but I want you to tell the story of <clears throat> how that particular truck came to be what the customer wanted. And then, you know, maybe other customers or just what you're seeing out there. Well, I, I wouldn't say that he wanted to have a return to stock. Um, the, the issue was, is he did what's called a poor man's delete. So basically all he did was he put a tune on there, disabled his, uh, his diesel particulate filtered, disabled his EGR, disabled, you know, his def system, all that stuff. And so what happened was, is he's got that diesel particulate filter still in there and it's not regenerating. It's just constantly, you know, just getting plugged up more and more and more. And then you got all this pressure that is built up. And then what ends up happening is you start having issues, you know, cause that pressure has nowhere else to go. So you can deal with things like cracked heads, which is a common thing that I see. Another thing that I see is uh, injectors failing. Uh, I've even gone as far as uh, seeing de- or yeah, these particular filters just completely exploding uh, just because the pressure has got nowhere to go. So um, if you're doing it on your off-road vehicle, if, you're going to delete it. You need to do it the right way. You need to spend the money because, and honestly, man, like to be honest, the, 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 the cost to actually delete your truck is not as bad as it used to be. I mean, yeah, if you got a Duramax, it can cost, you know, upwards of six, $7,000. Cause a lot of them, you have to get your a new, a whole new PCM and everything. But you know, for like your Cummins, your power strokes, uh, your, older Duramax trucks, it's really not, really not all that bad to do. I keep so, seeing, I keep, I keep seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of people asking like, how do I return to stock or they, they're, they're wanting yeah. to do it for some reason, but I don't necessarily know the whole background of yeah. it. But with you being on the front lines, what is, what is it like to find say a DPF from a third gen six, seven or a six, four, or some of these things that these people might not have, maybe they're not the original owner who did it. So, a lot of times when I get people that come back saying that they want their stuff returned to stock and actually we're in the process right now uh, with one of our local Ford dealerships because they've been buying deleted trucks and they have to return the stock, but they're getting so busy with all their other stuff that they have to get done that they're not able to focus on these. So they've been, so they've been outsourcing them. Um, so that that's one big issue. Uh, another reason why I see a lot of, people return their trucks back to stock is like for example i got guys that are you know here at fort bliss and they're getting ready to get out of the military and go back home to places like california new york new jersey uh places like that where you have to have that stuff on there and now they're like trying to scramble and get all that stuff put back on there and everything so um that that's one big reason why i'm seeing it and also i mean uh I'm pretty sure – I'm not sure if we talked about it last time, but, I mean, the EPA is going after the end users as well. So, I mean, you're seeing people that are trying to sell their trucks online, and you got somebody that's showing up to, you know, look at the truck, and the next thing you know, they're getting a letter in the mail from the EPA saying, hey, we're 
suspending your registration. We're suspending, you know, you can't drive the truck. It's not allowed on the roads or anything like that. And until you have it put back to stock and it has to be inspected before you can put it back to stock. Oh, and you can't sell your truck either. Have so. you come, have you come across people personally like day to day that have told you, Hey, I got a letter or there's something going on like that. Uh, I've only had one person and that's actually when we were in New Mexico. Um, and that, that st- still kind of caught me off guard because it's not really a huge emission state. Um, unlike, you know, places like New York, California, New Jersey, places like that. Um, a lot, a lot of the people that I see coming through are people that are, you know, they're getting right, like they're getting ready to go back to, uh, their home state, you know, California, New York, places like that. Um, not, not so much here. I I don't see it a whole lot here in Texas, but a lot of them, or a lot of the people I do see that are trying to get their stuff returned to stock are people that are going back to those states. Yeah. And then also the dealers, the, the dealerships as well, because a lot of dealerships, uh, especially if it's like a actual Ford dealership, um, I know that they've got regulations and stuff like that. I've heard of some dealerships selling their trucks deleted, but I think those are mostly like used car dealerships and like like specific used car dealerships. Is it so, hard? Is it hard to but, get brand new OEM parts? Like say for some of those Ford trucks, it could be any of the big three, but is it hard to get them? Mm, well, right now it's been kind of hard with the strike going on. Uh, but like, for example, with, uh, with the Ford dealerships that are wanting to bring us their trucks, they're telling us, Hey, we're going to provide you the, the tuning to return it to stock. We're going to provide you everything that's needed for it. Um, so it shouldn't be so hard with them, but I mean, I, I did have one guy that we did have to return his truck back to stock. And it, I, I mean, we ended up just having to go on the internet and just find what we could find like from, you know, eBay or whatever. And I had to explain to the customer like, Hey man, this is basically the options that we got going on right now. So, uh, you know, what do you, what do you want to do? Do you want us to go ahead and order the stuff off the internet or do you want us to try to find the stuff from the dealership? And he just said, just order it off the internet. I don't care. So, um, it, it, it really depends. Um, I, I, I mean, and like I, or I think I've mentioned this, before but you know one thing is just if you can try to keep it it, or try try to keep your stuff at least but a lot of people don't listen (laughs) yeah so i think that's where a lot of the uh, a lot of the interest in this topic comes about because people might have you know a truck for a while and you know we've had emissions lawyers on there's other media sources that are out there that have been talking about it so it's definitely more you know kind of in people's minds. I did want to ask you about the strike a little bit because it not to go too far off on a tangent, but I think it affects this and, and a lot of um, people who are looking for parts and a lot of shop owners out there. Have mm. you had a lot of issues since there's been a strike going on trying to get stuff? How has that impacted your day-to-day work? Uh, so as far as the strike goes, um, I've got a uh, eco diesel sitting outside my shop that's been out there for about a month now. And we haven't been able to get the parts for it. And the, the thing is, and it, it, honestly, I would say that's worse through uh, the Dodge Chrysler Jeep dealerships because a lot of their newer stuff is <clears throat> dealership only. So 
it, you know, like I can't go to, you know, thoroughbred diesel or AutoZone or O'Reilly's or Napa. I have to go straight through the dealership and it, it, it can be a pain in the butt. Um, like I, I just got a phone call today saying that all the parts that we need for that, uh, eco diesel are finally on their way over here. So that's, yeah. <laughs> so where, whereas before all I'd have to do is just make a phone call. Okay. It'll be here in like three days. Yeah. So, which, and, and I, and I would definitely say the, the, the Dodge Chrysler Jeep guys, it, it's, it's worse with them because so many of their parts are dealer only type thing. Okay. So, that makes Which, sense. I mean, isn't a bad thing because you're still getting an OEM part, but when, when you're having to wait for a month, that that's when it gets ridiculous. So that was and, one of the big things when I heard about the strike happening, and I had read an article about it. And they were talking about the supply of parts and how that would all work, and I thought, oh man, because it's it, it was tough for a couple of years just trying to get stuff with brandy production mm-hmm. being lower um, or not as consistent. So you guys have really been on the front lines of trying to keep these. Mm-hmm need to keep yeah. these trucks running, which I think kind of goes back to, I don't remember if we touched on it before, but maintaining our trucks, doing a good job yeah. with that. So maybe we can avoid needing a part that's hard to get, or it's not being made right now or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> when it, like, I mean, we, we have to maintain our, our vehicles. There, there's no way around that. We still, you know, we have to change the oil. We have to change the filters, uh, stuff like that. So a lot of the maintenance only part, like your basic maintenance parts, those have been easy to get. But like, for example, I had a Cummins in here, uh, probably about maybe a month ago. And just one little, uh, pigtail for the sensor. I could not find it anywhere. It was dealership only. And it took them about three weeks to get it, to get it here. And I had to sit there and explain to the customer, like, this is literally the only thing that is holding us back. So, um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to repairs, I mean, things are going to break and there's, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me like, you know, how, how, how do I, how do I prevent this from breaking? Well, a lot of like these sensors and stuff like that, they just break, you know, um, it it could have been built by someone, at 4 p.m. on a Friday, and they wanted to get out of there, type thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, with, with the with the strike going on and everything right now, um, which I've heard some stuff saying that um, some of the other companies are starting to make agreements and stuff like that. I did hear, I know one of the three they came up with like a. Uh, I don't, I don't know the word like a temporary deal or something like that. And I did hear that the unions did shoot that one down. So who knows? I thought of a, I thought of a question to ask you about this because I get it a lot and I don't necessarily know how to really answer it. <laughs> and it's somebody who is looking to buy a diesel. It might not be their first, could be their first, but they, they could have, they could buy a new one or one a couple years old, or they're going right back to like pre 2007. From an aftermarket support perspective and a part supply perspective, can you get something for say like an LB7 or an 03 to 0759 or a 73 or 60 a lot easier than you could some of these components on newer trucks? 
Um, and not necessarily the it, maintenance stuff, but like you mentioned, pigtails, electronics, and other things that are just going to fail. Is it easier on the older ones to get? Oh, yeah. It's way easier. I mean, that's why I drive a 7.3. So, <laughs> so and uh, I mean, that's why I prefer to have the older ones. Like, people tell me all the time, like, dude, why don't you just go to the dealership and go, you know, drop the money on a 6.7? I'm, first off, I don't want to spend that kind of money. Second off, I don't want to spend, you know six weeks trying to you know fix a stupid sensor that i can't get because somebody wants to work a 32 hour work week and get paid for 40 hours so that's a whole side of i think the diesel community that i think it's overlooked so much because what gets what gets the attention and what'll grab you on social media or in youtube or something is the big power the really fast trucks the street mm-hmm. trucks, the racing, but most of it is just, I want it to start. I want it to run. I want to keep it for a while. I want it to tow my trailer. I want to get decent fuel economy. What's the best yeah. one for me to get? And so I think even though the trucks are older, they're you know, 20 years plus, the, the aftermarket hasn't slowed for me. I keep hearing about things with seven threes and six O's and five nines oh, yeah. that are still coming out. Some of these kind of daily, I mean, not daily, but just these parts that break and they're not supported by the OEMs anymore. And then an aftermarket company comes in and says, Hey, we're going to tool up. We're going to build this and we can keep your truck on the road. Right. And it's funny that you mentioned that because we were actually in the process of uh, making our own seven, three e-fuel system uh, to where it's going to be cheaper for you or well at a better price. And then uh, way easier to install, like easier than everybody else. So yeah, I, I I know what you mean, but and I and I think what it is is that so many people have, um, or you know, it's a lot easier for people to come up with the, you know, w- with the engineering and stuff like that for these older trucks as well. So I mean, you got full force diesel always coming up with stuff. You've got uh, who thoroughbred diesel coming up with their own stuff. You've got uh, blessed performance coming up with their stuff for the six O's. So I'm I mean. I, I, I would say it's going to be a very long time until or before you're not going to see any seven threes or six O's or 12 valves or pre common rail Cummins trucks on the road. So. What do you, what do you see a lot of in El Paso with customers? Or is it kind of a little bit of everything for GM Ram or is it a lot of Cummins or what's it, what's it like? There? I, I, I would say I see a lot of, uh, a lot of Cummins and a lot of Duramax, not so much on the, not so much uh, Ford. Um, I, I mean, I see a lot of the, you know, the kids from like the, the Southern States that are getting stationed here. A lot of them are, you know, moving from, or bringing their Cummins and stuff like that. And then you've got, you know, some of the other kids, you know, they're bringing like their Duramaxes from like California and, uh, Washington, Oregon, stuff like that. So, um, but I, Unfortunately, I'm I, I see a lot of Duramax trucks at the shops. So, in fact, I got more Duramax trucks here than anything else. So, is it? Uh, are there some common failures you're seeing with them, or is it just kind of varies all over the place? Why they're, why they're uh, a lot of them is like power reduction type stuff or electrical failures. I've got um, the well, the the one that the guy who uh, did the poor man's delete on. I mean, he's got so many different things failing on it because of what's because of his delete. And then, you know, I've got another guy here who he's got some fuel issues going on 
which are electrical or they're definitely electrical related. I got another guy here who he's got a short somewhere uh, with his TCM. And so I would say a lot of it is electrical or fuel related issues for the most part. Uh, the A lot of the Fords I see coming through here, a lot of their stuff is like simple mechanical stuff. Like, for example, you know, we've got one guy here who's got a 7.3, which, I mean, you can tell just by looking at it, it's been beat to crap. And so he's <laughs> going to be getting a new motor. Uh, still working the kinks out on that one because he's actually in the Netherlands right now with his unit. Um, and then, honestly, I, I think that's the only power stroke that we have here at the shop. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and then as far as, like, the Cummins goes... Um, I mean, yeah, we do have one here that's it's also getting a new engine as well. I, I would say the the Duramax trucks are the ones that leave a scratch in our heads the most. So, one of the but, uh, one of the questions I really wanted to ask you because I remember you touching on it <clears throat> on our first episode about, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe it was in videos on Instagram. I can't remember, but you had talked about a move and, and you were moving, and I wanted to ask you about that from a business perspective because it seems like it's been great for you. There's a lot of oh, opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. What, um, what what was the hardest part about it or some challenges that you had either doing it or once you got up and running and then maybe finding staff finding who knows what finding staff was was definitely a hard one um you know you, you like uh i i like to think of myself as not a micromanager or you know and i i, I like to be more of that laid-back boss you know like hey get this done I got to go do this. I'll be back to check on you. And, but I, I would say the hardest thing is just trying to find people with experience that want, that want to work. Um, now when I was up in New Mexico, I did have issues with, uh, cause I was doing the hourly pay and, you know, rolling out the red carpet for people. And, you know, if, if I had to run down to El Paso to get a part for a semi truck or something like that, because uh, we were the only people between Las Cruces and Albuquerque that could, you know, work on semi trucks. Um, you know, I say, okay, guys, let's get this done. I'm going to head down to El Paso, pick up this part, which, you know, could be an all day thing. And then I come back and nothing's been done. And so uh, uh, I would say the, the biggest challenge was like, I had to explain to people, like, hey, I'm going to pay you on a flat rate scale. Um, so the amount of work you put or the amount of work and effort you put in is going to reflect on your paycheck. So I, I would say finding staff was the hardest part. Um, also just getting yourself out there. Like uh, I've talked to a lot of people. A lot of people say like, Oh, I didn't even know you were here. And I'm like, well, yeah, we did open this location up back in July. So, but I, I mean, it, it's, it's been going great here though for the most part so i mean you can't make everyone happy but that's just and that's a life thing in general so but i i I would say overall though it's it's way better down here i'm getting to do more of what i want you know like for example working on awesome shit like this or you know working on working on things i actually know and love to do you know i'm not getting some old guy in his bmw or his volkswagen van that i have to do a timing chain on and i don't want to do it because i have to pull the transmission out to do the timing chain or whatever so 
I think that's a really um, that's yeah, really important. I, I would, that's really important. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but loving what you yeah, do. And I think sometimes like we just get questions that I, I can't answer because I haven't done that. I haven't gone down that road, but somebody will say, I'd love to work on yeah. things. I'd love to be around diesels or I'd love to be around automotive. But I think you touched on something that I've never, I've never chatted with anyone about. And that's what are you working on? Do you love it? And the difference it makes in your personal life, your quality of life, your happiness. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like what it does for you as a leader, a business owner, being able to love exactly what you're working on or who you're talking to. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I love what I do. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to lie. It's not, or I, I don't come in here every single day with a smile on my face, but most days I do. Um, like I said, I mean, you're, you're going to have hurdles. You're going to have things that you have to deal with and as a business owner, but to, in order to continue doing what you love to do, like, trust me, I hate paying taxes, but I got to do it. I got to sit down with the accountant every quarter and say, okay, how much am I going to have to pay? Okay, let's do it. Or, you know, like dealing with licensing or, oh, well, <laughs> here's my OSHA inspection or, you know, just, 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 the, just the, the things that are required. You know, I don't love that, but I have to do it to uh, continue doing what I love. And, you know, th th this is something that I actually talk to my girlfriend about a lot because she's an amazing artist and an amazing cook. And uh, I told her, I said, you know, because uh, she was actually going to school for nursing. And I told her, I said, listen, like nursing, I know is not your passion. Art, cooking, stuff like that. That's your passion. And just seeing that, seeing her getting ready to, you know, go into that path that she wants to do now. Like you can just tell that she is so much more happier and that she knows that she's going to be a lot happier doing what she actually loves to do. So uh, that's, I, I, I would just say, you know, if, if you do what you love, then, I mean, yeah, you're going to, uh, I, I forgot how to, how to say it because it's not, it's not, if you do what you love every day, you never work a day in your life because you got to work at doing what you love doing to be better at it. So that's a topic I'm really passionate about because I think yeah. I've done the opposite before in my life where I've done a job because it paid X amount. And right. after years or months or ever long, I just felt trapped. And then right. I see it a lot out there um, where sometimes people make decisions based on just money or maybe it's expected of them from their, their family, their friends, what right. society says. And they just end up unhappy. I never wanted to do that. I never wanted to just say, well, I'm going to do this for 40 years and I retire and things are good. Well, maybe they are not good. Maybe they're not, you know, not in the best of health or don't have all the resources to do it. So you have to enjoy what you're doing, you know, every single day. And it's, it's kind of funny. Like somebody asked, they wanted me to share more about myself on the podcast, which is really hard for me to, to do because I don't like to talk about myself. But one of them is like, why do you do a podcast? I really do it because I love it. Like, right. Sometimes people think you make Joe Rogan money or something like that. You don't like him and just maybe five other people that do it, you know, make big bucks. You really have to be passionate about it. And, right. and I think that's where I see, you know, like what you're talking about with um, your business and what you love about, you know, just what you do. I found a lot of synergy there. And I think people, they identify with that, even if they're in construction or management or real estate or whatever it might be, if you love it, it's totally worth it. But if you're, if you don't, man, it's a grind. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, people, you know, people expect me to be making, you know, Richard Rawlings money doing what I do. And I'm like, listen, 
I've been to his shop. It's not what it's all hyped up to be. <laughs> and <laughs> and trust me, there's a lot of work in there. And I mean, he figured out the science behind it. He like, yeah, he loves doing what he does, but he also has it down to a science. So, but what are, what are some things you're looking at for maybe 2024, 2025 with, with your business and, and either growing and expanding it. You'd mentioned a little bit about some seven, three parts. Are, are you interested in designing, building, engineering, you know, producing some stuff to, to help uh, destruct yeah. owners? So um, one thing that we're actually also getting ready to start doing is we're actually going to start um, building. I mean, we do engine rebuilds for our customers here, but uh, one thing that we've been really trying to push also is uh, our our own line of engines. Like, for example, like our 7.3 engines that we built, you know, they are automatically come with, you know, things that are going to prevent issues from the uh, that most people have to deal with. Like, for example, up pipes going out. So we're going to obviously throw some, throw in some bellowed up pipes for that. We're going to, you know, throw in, you know, better or, you know, like, What's another thing that likes to go out? The, uh, the oil dipstick tube adapter. Okay, so we all know that's a big issue on those trucks. So why why, why put something in there that you're that's going to leak when we can just weld it in there onto the oil pan? Uh, you know, stuff like stuff like that. Like we're, we're taking care of a lot of those those common issues. That way, when you get that truck, you can drop it in there and know that it's going to run perfectly fine and that it's also going to be backed by a warranty as well. So, and we're not just going to be doing it for just the seven threes. We're going to be doing it for the six O's and the five, nine Cummins all the way up and uh, all the way up to the common rails as well. So we're just trying to source all the engines right now and find engines that, you know, that we can actually rebuild. Cause we've been, <laughs> I've been looking at some engines that uh, for us to rebuild and turn around and sell and a lot of them have not been the best quality <laughs> so yeah like oh yeah that's a great or yeah it's a good engine i put a little pressure in there and i'm like yeah there's a crack right there buddy <laughs> i've heard that about so. cores they can be tough to get that i had uh, oh definitely lenny from dynamite diesel on and he was talking about core injectors and you buy 600 150 might be bad and it's just kind of the kind of challenges that provides as far as well i've got to source new ones i've got to get these things so imagine with yeah. 20 30 years of time on some of these engines that's a that's a process to find the good ones yeah but yeah some other things that we are also working on is um i mean um we're, we're also like we do have a website for like all of our appointments and stuff like that for people to come in but we're also getting into like the whole e-commerce side of things so and honestly that's a lot more work than i thought it was going to be like <laughs> having to go through and do each and every single item write a description right you know like i i could uh it took me probably a week just to do all of our seven three injectors that we're going to be selling so um and that 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 was just <laughs> I had to take a few days off from that because i was like <laughs> All right, I've been in the front of the computer too long. <laughs> My eyes are starting to hurt. So, um, but we we do plan on staying in this shop for probably another year, um, cause um, cause we did move into the shop back in July, and so we plan on staying here for at least two years, uh, see how the market's going, uh, and then eventually we do want to build our own shop, um, and. Uh, like right now we can do three vehicles in the shop, but we want to be able to, you know, do six at a time. Uh, so, 
hopefully we can fingers crossed we can at least buy the buy the property and uh get the building and everything but yeah it's just kind of seeing how the market is right now and uh we're, we're just basically looking for the right deal yeah. so and also kind of like building our presence here in el paso because i mean i did have a chance to get a six bay shop here in el paso but i didn't want to drop a bunch of money and you know come to find out oh th- well this is not an off-road and diesel type community which i mean i did my homework and everything but i i, I didn't want to you know jump into something and then shoot myself in the foot yeah yes yeah, was more it was more of a calculated risk that you took to yeah. be able to do so it, that's going to be cool to follow you you'll have to keep us updated as you oh yeah definitely as you do it because we're going to be able to see a move starting something expanding getting yeah. into these other the other parts of automotive so i look forward to seeing what you oh, do yeah, with it and, um and we are looking into doing some other things that obviously some other people have done but uh we might be giving away some pretty big stuff here pretty soon also so uh we're kind of doing lo- looking into all that and everything but yeah it's definitely in the talks and everything and we're we're definitely looking into that and uh setting the budget aside for that so that's yeah we we got a lot of things planned for the future so how do people follow you on on social media to see the videos you do they're they're really good but you know okay questions they want to see what's coming up so uh we have our facebook page which is uh royal off-road and diesel uh which is on facebook um then we have our instagram which is Royal Off-Road and Diesel. And then we just made a TikTok as well, which is Royal Off-Road and Diesel. Um, if you want to get a hold of me directly, though, uh, crazed underscore diesel on Instagram and then crazed diesel, no underscores or anything on TikTok. So, but yeah. Uh, I, I And actually, I just found out the other day that a bunch of people have been messaging me on TikTok and I didn't know. <laughs> and finally I like went and looked at my messages. I'm seeing messages all the way back from August and I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I wasn't ignoring you. And I had to make a whole video on like, Hey, if you guys, you know, this, that, if you guys were trying to get a hold of me, yeah, I'm sorry. So, and then also I got my email, which is info at Royal auto. I mean, Royal offroad and diesel.com. I'll make so. sure and tag you on TikTok when we do a clip from this, which something we started okay. earlier this year. And I know what you mean because sometimes you get overwhelmed. We get likes and follows and stuff. And then yeah. the message section just kind of gets lost in there. And then I'll click. And I'm like, oh, man, yeah. I missed seven of these. Let me go back in and get them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I went back and I looked at one guy and I was like, oh, man, he messaged me back in August. And this was like not like earlier this week that I saw the message. And I'm like, sorry <laughs> like I, like my bad and he's like oh you're good i'm still looking at buying that truck though and i'm like dude if you haven't pulled the trigger yet it ain't for you <laughs> well i appreciate you chatting with me uh, yeah. this evening and I'd like to uh i'd love to just follow your growth you know what you're doing so keep putting out good content and keep us in mind chat with us in the future um if you see oh, some trends or some things that are going on that you want uh people to know about one of our biggest like audiences for states is Texas. So, I mean, if you want to, oh, yeah. you want to get the word out, you let me know. <laughs> we'll get back oh, on yeah, podcast. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was great talking to you again. So 
Very cool. I appreciate it. Not a problem. You have a great night. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code Diesel2023 for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear for hunting, fishing, EDC, um, or with the holidays right around the corner um, as a gift. And they've got a ton of choices uh, with different opening mechanisms, blade steels, blade designs, um, handle shapes. So definitely make sure, head on over, check out what they got, and use code Diesel2023 for 20% off site-wide. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowe and a 23 Diesel, J. Cole John, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube and podcast apps, follow us on social media. We appreciate all your support here in your 7 of the Diesel podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content that you want to hear in 2023 and 2024. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.